0: Welcome to another exciting show with Copy Vance, that's right, I'm your host today, Vance, I'm back as usual every Wednesday at 9pm without fail, I'm here with my cup of coffee, I'm sure you guys and girls are also having a cup of coffee and I'm not sure if my speakers today, uh, they are having their cup of coffee because it's a surprise, I've not told them the, to prepare cups of coffee, so let's see what they are up to. That's right, folks. Um, Today's topic, we are going to talk about New Year Resolution 2023, all right? Uh, This is not something new for us. We have been talking about this, we are hearing about this, we are trying to do, and then we're trying to repeat that again and again. But I have two great speakers who will be joining me very shortly. Uh, They are from the Total Wellness Initiative of Singapore. We call it the TWIS. They're great uh, human beings. Um, They have tons of experiences. They're going to share with us on how we can, um, you know, have a great resolution for 2023. It's still not bad, right? I mean, it's just January and only engaging the gear to, you know, to move ahead for the months to come by. Um, For viewers who are watching this, we are in Spotify and Apple podcast as well. So you can listen to them um, after about an hour of this show. Uh, if you are watching this, you can also please share and like. And if you do have any questions, you can also ask us in a while, right? The last 15 minutes is going to be just purely Q&A. So I'm going to, uh, before I invite my speaker to do a short introduction of himself, um, I'm just going to, you know, uh, bring in John on board. So let's get Jonathan on board. Hi, right, Jonathan.
1: Hi, Van. Nice to meet you, and thank thanks for the invite nice. for thank this. You. Thank you, John. So now
0: it's a surprise I have not uh, alleged you this. Uh, are you having a cup of coffee?
1: No, no, I have water. cannot drink coffee at night. Oh, water. Okay. Yeah. Cheers to you. Water.
0: All yeah, right. Uh, before we bring in the second uh, speaker, John, maybe you want to do a quick introduction about yourself?
1: Sure, sure. Uh, so, you know, hi, hi to all the listeners out there, and, you know, my name is John, and uh, I'm currently you know, a mental health researcher at the University of Sydney, currently finishing up my, my PhD, and um, you know, co-founded Total Wellness during the pandemic. And really, the idea is to help people be a little more proactive with their well-being and to help them you know, achieve a better state of wellness overall from a more holistic perspective as well. Oh, I think you're muted, Ben.
0: said uh, let's invite the third speaker second speaker come in
2: hi everyone hi. so i do get my cup of coffee here shouldn't be drinking oh, okay. at now, but... you did? <laughs> yeah uh, hi so, everyone Charmin, thank so... you for
0: joining me uh, thank you for joining me in uh, mm-hmm. sorry it was muted so the whole process has went off a little yes so um before we start on uh, engaging our gears uh, you want to
2: do a quick introduction of yourself first please Sure. So happy to speak to everyone here. Um, In my day job, I do HR, so I'm a global OD specialist, um, mostly looking at culture, engagement, a bit of wellness um, from an employee standpoint. And then on the side, I'm the co-founder as well, along with John for um, TWIS. So we look at prevention um, and wellness.
0: Right. I was looking at your bio a little. So I see that you are actually engaging in a lot of uh, physical, spiritual, social, creative intellectual environmental so so many things that uh, how do you actually uh, put it? that all into context
1: yeah so i think you know um definitely for for myself as a mental health researcher for a long time we always study um you know some of the psychosocial and the biological aspects of mental health conditions but over over the time um, i kind of started to learn that, you know, there are actually a lot of other aspects as well, things like our finances, things like our occupation. All these, you know, tend to also have a very huge impact on our mental health and our well-being overall. So we kind of did some research. We identified, you know, the eight dimensions of wellness, which is a well-established framework for wellness. Um, And we did a bit more deeper digging, you know. So things like digital wellness, creative wellness, these are newer dimensions. People don't really know about them yet. Yeah. Uh, I
2: think John, you know... Yeah, sorry. Shemin, you were saying something? Oh, yes. Yeah. So I was just saying that, like, I think when I was chatting about this 10-dimensional awareness idea with John earlier on, um, before we started Total Wellness or when, in the initial phase of Total Wellness, I think what's really interesting is that although it's based off of, like, the research back and, like, the science, right... Um, It's very applicable to our daily lives, you know, how the 10 dimensions really fit into a lot of things that we are already doing. And how do we then be more mindful of certain things that um, we practice, you know, in our day to day? And how do we then um, do more of those things that makes us happy and feel fulfilled and all of those? Nice.
0: And these are the things that we're going to dive in today uh, for the next 40, 45 minutes. So, viewers who are watching this, definitely able to engage uh, Jonathan and Shamin for these questions and we will be able to answer that. Uh, but before John, uh, before we jump into the topic itself, I know we are prepared. Um, you know, pandemic actually has caused a lot of issues, uh, not only for physical health, but mental as well. And and of course, as the topics goes by, we're going to, the segments, we're going to talk about it. But um, what are the challenges you faced during the period of two years and what kind of um, initiative that you took? And then that actually you know, moved on to TWIS in the future?
1: Mm. So I think for me, the, so my time really in the mental health space started with IMH as a volunteer back in 2014. Um, And, you know, over time, when I started my PhD in, in 2019 as well, um, I was able to kind of develop a bit more of an understanding of mental health issues um, and subsequently really kind of bring it all together in different kinds of initiatives. And my work really was focused on supporting people with mental health conditions at, at yeah. IMH. And um, over time, when the pandemic hit, you know, we kind of had to pivot our volunteering work to a different model and, you know, had to go online. And for me, it was really like, now what can I do that, you know, we can't do a lot of physical face-to-face kind of interactions. And then, you know, with the mask restrictions and all that. So what else could I do? So that's where I turned to a bit more psychoeducation. But I didn't want to duplicate things that were out there. I wanted to come up with something, a different take on, you know, something that is very important, which is you know mental health and well-being.
0: Thank you, John. Thank you for that, and uh, of course, uh, all the best for TWIS. Um, John, um, the, the reason why we have this topic of New Year resolution is every year, uh, pretty much. I mean, of course, we don't have the percentage. Uh, people always have this resolution and then every year, in the month of December, they will sit down and then they pencil down and then they start back again and again and again. Um, what is exactly happening in the uh, mindset or the goal setting and why uh, there's some who can't able to achieve it, even though they want to achieve it. But as the months and days and weeks goes by, they can't stick it to the plan. Is there any particular reason why that is the issue?
1: Yeah, so I think it's very hard to pinpoint an exact reason because, you know, purely um, everyone has very different motivations. And we talk about motivation as the driving force behind our actions and our behaviors. So when people, uh, when their motivation kind of wanes at the start of the year, new year, you know, people have a very high level of motivation. And as the year goes by, your motivation level drops as well, especially if you have not managed to, to sustain this level of motivation. And that's where I think a lot of times the goals that we set out for ourselves at the start of the year tend to, to fall off as well. And, you know, I think as Charmin and I, you know, when we work with people, we always uh, kind of talk about the importance of sustainability and the long-term progress towards a particular goal rather than actually aiming for very large goals.
2: Yeah. Right, And I think that in addition to that, right. Um, what the interesting thing is that I actually just put out a post on LinkedIn about my new, okay. new year's resolution, just like yesterday. Right. Okay. Um, and one of them is skipping. So okay. I am quite a klutzy person in general, but I picked up skipping as a form of challenge, right? And I kind of want to do it every single day. But um, mm. life happens, so in the past two to three days, I haven't been skipping, not because I don't want to or didn't make time for it, but I injured my right. knee because I didn't skip mm. in the proper way, so like, I think, right. you know, like, it's not about whether or not you fall off the the horse, you know, when you are, when you are aiming for your goals, it's really, like, acknowledging that, like, hey, you know, sometimes life happens and um, it's okay if you fall off, as long as you learn then from that point, how do you get back Um, up and and get your motivations back up again Um, and it's okay if you stop for two to three months you know it's life yeah
0: right so we're going to come back and check with Shamin in the month of June to see how uh, skipping (laughs) progress (laughs) how it actually went you know maybe become like a you know those you know you can see the YouTubers and you know all these Instagrams go left and right and left and right yeah (laughs) Uh, so we will definitely come and check on you on June um (laughs) Okay, let's see on that. Uh, goals. We are going to talk about goal setting. Anna. This is probably, I think, even in the in the lower primary school, boys and girls will know that, right? The goal setting is so much of, very much of an important thing that we all have to do. But unfortunately, uh, given the situation of this pandemic and situations of income, finances, and excuses, and tie-in, so many things can come along uh, to yeah. cloudy, you know, be, become very cloudy to your mind. And John, I know you, you mentioned before, I mean, I know so from your bio that you're actually a mental health researcher. So if someone comes to you and say that, hey, you know, I have a goal, um, do you, will you be looking at whether the goal is achievable or non-achievable? Because some people have goals that is not really realistically able to achieve it. But even though they put it there every year, uh, they may not be able to achieve it because of maybe it's too unrealistic. So what's your take on that, John?
1: Right. So I think for me personally, um, as, a, as a mental health researcher, usually we kind of work very well with frameworks and models. So one of my favorite goal setting models is really the smart framework. Um, so the smart framework is, you know, basically you want to have a goal that is very specific, it's uh, measurable, it's attainable. Um, it's also basically relevant and it's time based. Then you know these days you also have a smarter framework, which is you you want to evaluate these goals, you want to refine them later on as well. So, when you have these um, different frameworks and having this particular smart or smarter framework, it really helps you to adjust kind of um, the goals that you create. So, you make sure that they are time based. I think that's one of the requirements. So, having this time based really helps you to be able to track and progress uh, and kind of ensure that you are on progress towards your goals. And that's really the particularly important point is to be able to track the progress because when you measure something, you're able to keep track of it. You're able to kind of carry on in the long term. Mm -hmm.
0: You know, John, I mean, to that. I mean, I'll come back to you in a while. But coming to that, um, it's a bit strange because someone, you know, I've seen, you know, of course, not to mention names here. um, They put a big, (laughs) screen you know on the screen they put memo they even put posters and kind of stuff in a5 and kind of stuff these are the things you want to achieve and kind of stuff but often it leads to disappointment after someone has set a goal and somewhere around right. within the first couple of months if you notice that um the the the, the drive or the n2 just drops tremendously is there something mm-hmm. to do with your motivational factor
1: Mm. So I think it's really about the attainability of this goal that you're talking about. So when you create a a, a large goal, or like when you mentioned a, a very unrealistic goal, then definitely that mismatch of expectation and reality will uh, create very negative feelings. And for example, even if you create a very long goal, and when you have this very long goal, you don't create smaller goals in between. And you because you, you aren't able to sustain your motivation for that long, some people definitely can. But if you have smaller goals in between, you can then leverage on the positive uh, gains from each of the goals and then you'll be able to move further for a longer period of time.
0: Thanks. How about you, Charmaine? Well, I know you're skipping is your goal, uh, <laughs> but of course the challenge has come in. I mean, talking from your personal experiences, so how are you feeling
2: it right now? I think that it's quite interesting. Like with, with goals, right, we tend to stick to it. Like, so for example, myself, right, not the best example, but it's a real example um I used to have reading goals so like I think I started the first year I set a news resolution for a reading goal I was like okay I'm going to do like 10 books this year which is you know in theory not not a very difficult goal right it's like once a month ish um but then at the end of the year I was like I didn't finish you know many books I finished like two or three books and so the next year I was just like okay you know what let's set realistic goals you know five books um and it eventually became three books and then eventually I decide that, you know, after reflecting on my behaviours and my habits, like I'm not a very book kind of reader. Like I read the news, right. I talk to people and that's my way of learning. I listen to podcasts and I listen to, you know, maybe audiobooks. But reading is just not my thing. So I think okay. it's also quite important to find like resolutions that best fit you and like oh, how, man. you know, you are as a person. Yeah. So that's like, skipping is something that is definitely fun for me. So I like to try one new thing every year. So that makes sense. Um, But if, you know, six months in, I realize that it's not working out, I would probably change it to something else. (laughs) What about yourself, Ben? Like, what are your goals?
0: (laughs) Okay, so... um, (laughs) Actually, to be very honest, I love skipping. Um, So if you look through my videos and kind of stuff, I love to skip. Um, You know, you you can... I mean, you know, when you jump, you actually generally are happy, you know. Uh, sometimes, of course, it's children true. jump because of happiness. Children jump because they're angry and they're crying. But there is a, I mean, I'm sure John will agree with that the dopamine, the endorphins, the serotonin, and oxytocin. Oxy- Probably not the oxytocin and serotonin, no, the love and happy moments. <laughs> but I think the endorphins that you're releasing it are. So you feel good. You feel exhausted. You feel refreshed, re energized, and recuperated from that. So every time I skip about one hour, Oh, one hour, 30 minutes. I go into the zone Whoa. that I actually forget Whoa. about my surroundings. Yeah. And um, I was skipping very badly. So after one year, uh, yeah. I would not say pro, but still, you know, yeah. immature, coming there, you know, getting better and better. So skipping is one of my goals to get even more better right now. It. Okay. So okay. that's about it. Uh, so John, coming back to that, uh, John was saying that, you know, bigger goals, we can break it down into smaller ones as we achieve it. That will be that'd be fine, right? I mean, eventually you will reach your bigger goals that you mentioned.
1: Yes, definitely. I think that's the that's the most ideal way because right. along the along the path, if you follow the smarter framework, right, yeah. you'll be constantly evaluating and refining your goals right. so that you know you make sure right. that you still maintain that realistic aspect.
0: Mm. Right. And also Shamina said that you know, along the way, if she find that you know something doesn't work. Uh, then you got to change it, right? So I think that is pretty much. Uh, I think it's smart choice rather than waiting until next year, you know, um, the new year, right? <laughs> I, I I had someone came and told me that um, hey, I'm going to start on my diet and my training. I said okay, but he said I'm only going to start uh, in January second. I said why? <laughs> now it's yeah. December twenty third, right? He said no, I I, I got these seven days. So some or other. Um, they, they, they are fixed in. You know, the new year starts. It's a brand new year. I'm going to start everything on the second. But then on the 5th or 7th or 8th of January, they go back again. Oh, I'm going to start next month, second. So that that's it's a little disappointment for themselves as well. They know. But uh, unfortunately, like what John has said, it's okay to have a bigger goals, but bringing them into smaller ones and then mm-hmm. achieve them and then readjust along the way. Thank you guys for this. Um, we're going to go into... Something what we call the mindset, all right um I know with t w i s uh, you know you guys do a lot of stuff, but um talking about mindset, so maybe maybe we can start out with uh, Jonathan first Jonathan, what are we really looking at in terms of mindset and adapting to life that you know mm-hmm. uh, in a longer yeah, so run I think for
1: us definitely, where we talk about mindset, we are looking at the perspectives that people hold within um their various various aspects of life. So is their values, their belief systems, and also um, kind of the way that they approach life in general. So for myself, right, I'm a, I'm a mental health researcher. So I have a very critical uh, approach towards everything that I look at. And sometimes I, I do find that, you know, these uh, this, this overly analytical or critical perspective kind of hinders my ability to just enjoy life and to kind of uh, be content with the little things in life as well. And, you know, that's that's actually one of my goals this year is to really start to think on a different perspective, you know, to try to adopt a more positive attitude towards life. Um, Yeah, but I think there are are a lot of different uh, approaches that people can take and mindsets that they can adopt. And sometimes it's, you know, situational as well. Um, Sometimes a very positive mindset can help you go very far. But in other places, you know, when you are... um, forcing yourself to be positive, forcing yourself to really put yourself out there even though you are uh, feeling very down, that can have a detrimental effect and it can be negative as well. So it's really situation-specific and um, it's important that you know everyone understands and is able to be aware of all these influences within their life.
0: Yeah. Thank you, John. Charmin, um,
2: any take on this? For me, like one of the things that I feel... Uh, gets to me a little bit is you know this whole always needing to find the next goal post. so I'm um, the kind that of like oh once I I'm like I'm always thinking like oh once I achieve this I'll be this happy and then and then once I achieve that I'll be that happy but then I'm starting to realize now um, with more and more goals that I'm achieving that actually if I don't take the time to reflect and think about you know all of the achievements that I've actually accomplished in the past like I'll never be happy because there's always going to be something bigger out there for me to do and something better out there for me to get um, and so this time like taking the time I think at the end of the year last year like the last last week of the year I actually took some time to like think about like hey how far we have come you know like how my career is going and like there were there were things to celebrate but I definitely know that throughout the year I wasn't celebrating any of it I was just a bit like oh no there's still so many things to do um so yeah that you know like one of the probably awareness of having that kind of mindset might help right. fulfill
0: it. Mm. You, you know you know guys um you know in, in the pandemic this is the first time i mean probably the first time that you know mental resilience or mental strength or mental illness whatever we can call it anything to do with mental is so much of uh, emphasis has been faced on it and i put it on it right because a lot of people went through so much of mental stress mental Pressure, you know, that lead to anxiety, depressions, and so and so many things that's going on, and um, and even WHO, or even local governments, you know, they're talking about, you know, uh, calling your best friends, or friends, or families, just to check on them, how they are doing, because there's something that not um, our, our our humans, we have never went through, right? You know, staying at home for a long period of time, cannot socialize, cannot do this, cannot do that, so it being so pressure. Uh, but even though after that, you know, now we are, you know, thank God, thank whoever it is, but things are going very smooth. But John, do you think that still people have recovered from it? Or probably they are still, you know, uh, still very feel comfortable doing meetings via Zoom and streams and all those stuff? I
1: think, so I think it, it's hard to say recover because I don't think um people were sick per se mentally. Um, I think it really depends on how you define mental illness, mental disorders, right? So I don't think um, we were sick, but definitely that there was a collective trauma that society experienced due to COVID. And um, I think that brings into the idea of resilience quite a bit, like you mentioned a bit about mental resilience. And, you know, if we talk about resilience, it's really the idea that you're able to bounce back, you're able to push forward, you're able to carry on after a very traumatic, a very uh, painful or serious event. And... I think as a society you know we definitely have come out of this relatively more resilient than before because we have learned different lessons we have been able to kind of uh be able to see some of the the more important things that we want to focus on as well and how we can slowly build everything back to the way things used to be and even better you see nowadays we are we have zoom we have these kind of podcasts people are listening to a lot of things online you know um you have lectures overseas and all that kind of stuff so i think definitely there's a lot of good that also came out from the pandemic as much as it was a very traumatic and very uh, seriously negative uh you know event during our, our history indeed shamin
2: yeah, I think it's interesting because like a lot of this mental resilience thing um, and mental you know illnesses or conditions like they have existed way before the pandemic. It's just that there isn't a lot of spotlight on those issues, and so you know as much as like I think that yes, the pandemic has caused a lot of stress in the society. It has also um, kind of accelerated a lot of this understanding mm-hmm. and knowledge of why all of these topics are really important to talk about. Yeah. Um, and it's a good push in the right direction, I think. It's just you know now moderating like um, the talks around it, right? Because it's so new a topic for all of us. We don't really know what is the right thing to say, what is the wrong thing to say. Um, you know what is truly a mental health condition, and what is you know something that people like with the support of family and friends, like you know people can get through it. So navigating that the unknown is the the tricky bit right now, I think.
0: Thank you for that. And also the word mental resilience became very popular over the period of two years, three years, right? Uh, Of course, it's all because of things that happened during that period of time where, you know, everything was under restrictions. Um, Mental resilience. John, I know you are still doing your research and you're also a doctoral candidate. Um, what do we understand from the word mental resilience? Because everybody is using mental resilience now. Oh, you must have a mental resilience. Oh, you must have a mental resilience. But what are we talking about here? What is mental resilience all about?
1: Yeah, so I think if you look at it from a more um, kind of scientific or psychological construct perspective, then, you know, mental resilience can really be, can take on different sub-constructs that we can look at. Um, But I think to make it a bit more, uh, I guess, accessible for the layman, the idea of mental resilience is really as simple as, you know, how easy or how able we are to get up after uh, an adverse event happens in our life. I think it's really this idea of bouncing back. Um, So I'm not sure if you all have watched Hell's Kitchen before, you know, but, you know, whenever they fail to cook something properly, then he keeps asking them to bounce back and to bounce back. And I think that's really the idea of resilience. How often, and how frequent... How able are you to bounce back after something has happened in your life? And um, in terms of this, you know, there's still a lot of kind of conflicting research in, in resilience because it's a very challenging term or challenging idea to actually quantify. But I think the consensus so far is that, you know, by improving our resilience, uh, we are definitely able to lead a much more mentally well life. So, you know, people are suggesting that to build resilience, you have to build it slowly and over time. And that's why you see when the pandemic hit, why were some people a lot more affected than others? And we kind of found that people who were able to adopt a very agile mindset and who were able to kind of shake off the the adverse effects of the pandemic very quickly. These were the ones who came out a lot more resilient and these were also the individuals who have over time already been able to adopt a mindset whereby they are very agile. They are very quick to adapt to things. So they kind of soak in the damage and then later push forward and find a solution to all these issues.
0: Right, right. So so mental resilience, uh, we talked about this. Thank you, John, for that. Shamin, uh, you want to add on something on that, on mental
2: resilience? I think having a balanced way of looking at your life would help with mental resilience um so you know when something goes wrong so if you think about it from like a balanced scorecard perspective so that is a a corporate term you know like a very business term but if you apply it to your life then we are looking at you know how do you balance um bringing in like total honest dimensions right but really like if you can just use any any way of looking at your life like your maybe your friends and relationships and Um, your work life and then your personal life like if you have a good balance of those pillars right when one crumbles like you have the other two to kind of support you and back you up um, and kind of get you across those more bad or difficult times Um, versus like if you kind of put all of your eggs in one basket Right? So if you put it on your professional career for example, and then you lose your job during the pandemic, then that would hit you a lot more because then you don't have friends and family support because you didn't spend too much time with them or you know you don't have your own um, hobbies that then you can embark on when you have now free time when you lose your job. So like I think mental resilience for me at least is like this idea that hey, look at your life from just from beyond one lens.
0: Right. Thank you, shamin for that. Um another part that you know we you know before a tsunami comes in, you know there's always alarms, people know you know observations nowadays there's a lot of things that's improved since the last tsunami that we had, you know the warning, you know so many things that you know they look at the vibrations, even the movements and so and so forth, but something like you know for mental resilience or when we say how do we stay mentally strong, is there some sort of thing that someone can practice? Or, you know, uh, to, to accept failure. Because most of us, uh, emotionally, I think we all will be affected if something a failure comes in. Whether it's a relationship or financial or career. Um, is there some kind of a practices that someone can do before something comes and hits them back? That's why we're talking about how do you stay mentally strong, John?
1: Yeah, so I think... Um... I'm I'm quite glad you really asked this question because actually at Total Wellness we have this wellness planning workshop that we do for people and it's really a behavior and emotion and attitude monitoring system that we help them to develop over time that they can create ahead of time so you know things like how do I how do they identify their life triggers how do they um basically be able to to kind of know what causes them certain distress or causes them certain uh, discomfort and you know things like identifying downward spirals for them things like identifying crisis situations how do they manage all these situations so we basically if you're able to plan for your wellness ahead of time you will have the solutions or at least solutions that may be able to create some kind of influence and impact over time and then when you actually go into the situation with with, you know, whatever situation you're facing, then you're more prepared as well, both mentally and you already have done all the homework beforehand in terms of preparing for your own mental health.
0: Um, You know, uh, John, you know, if someone wants to get fit, they go to the gym, right? Or or pick up a sport or be, you know, then they know that, you know, if I practice this in the next four or five months, uh, i'll be stronger fitter but if you're talking about mentally strength and you like just mentioned that you know you have at this uh, twis where you have these causes so we should actually you prepare yourself to accept failures but uh, let me just ask you this i mean of course we are all full of hormones you know we are very uh, sometimes we can get agitated angry emotional but compare this comparison to all these hormones but most of us are, right uh, probably we have observed it. either somebody is in the extreme of getting angry or they become very emotional. Every little thing, you know, even if the end is run over by a bicycle, they get very emotional. Or if the, you know, if the food they ordered, they didn't turn out to be what they expected, they get very emotional, maybe angry. What exactly is happening to them? Or it, is it something with, with their attitude? their discipline? Or what is happening, to them?
1: Yeah, so I think when we talk about um, all these behaviors, right? So behaviors are usually learned over time. And this could be, you know, from looking at people who are in their lives who have behaved in similar manners in the past or they haven't learned how to kind of process and manage their own emotions and, you know, be able to express them in a sort of less extreme manner. Um, It could also be, you know, they have been abused in the past, experienced some kind of trauma that prevents them from being able to actively process some of these issues. And because of that, they are not able to kind of uh, be able to express them in a in a way that is not very, you know, to a certain point different from other people. Yeah, so right. I think there are many reasons why people could, could be like that. And most of the time, it stems from the way that they have developed some of these behaviors and thoughts and attitudes over time. It's really, um, you know, we are basically formed from our habits, our experiences in life. And naturally if you want to kind of talk about it from a mental illness kind of perspective uh there could be a genetic factor as well you know some people may be predisposed to some of these things but it's really ultimately at least i believe there's a stronger environmental influence there um in triggering some of these underlying genetic factors but definitely you know there are studies that suggest there are there is a certain genetic component to to some of these um so, right. personalities, uh, I suppose. Right.
0: Thank you, John. And then for Shamin, I mean, I know you are an expert in the uh, HR role, you know, um, and of course, we've got experiences there. But uh, do, do you think that people are now ready to go back to offices because so they feel comfortable? Because all this while we worked from home, do you think they are now <sighs> two years they have not met people, friends, bosses, and, you know, are they able to achieve it? Because sometimes they are very conditioned, you know they would look very top professional but below they're wearing shorts and slippers or not even slippers so what is the case happening do you think people are more comfortable right now
2: i think people are more comfortable but i think it also depends on you know which demographic you're looking at there are some demographic that are like the youths right they're definitely enjoying the fact that they get to work from home some days you know so the hybrid working it seems like to be the most um excite like the, the most accepted one right now where people don't feel like they need to travel. So actually interestingly I feel like a lot of organizations and their um employees enjoy the FaceTime with their peers. The thing that they are not very interested in now is the one hour traveling time to and flow from work. Yeah. So it's really yeah. the traveling time that is stopping people from going back. It's not that mm-hmm. they don't want FaceTime with their colleagues because actually I know I know people who like that and enjoy that. Yeah, Mm. Um, and with regards to like it's it's quite interesting you mentioned corporates because we also work a lot with schools and whenever I go to schools and give talks right I get to talk with parents and things like that and the interesting the difficult thing I think is the transition that students have to make back to schools because like some of them you know especially those primary one primary two primary three children they haven't been to a school before like a proper class (laughs) now them going back that anxiety. Um, emotional anxiety it's is, is a lot different I think than, than we adults yeah
0: so, so I mean uh, of course speaking to the both of y'all you, um, you know we can conclude this right um, it's probably the habit um, mm. it's periodization a period of time where you know, you're, you know when the first pandemic came in um, you know all of us have to work from home right so some a lot of them didn't feel comfortable. Oh no, I want to go to office. No, I want to have my child with you No, I want to have my brata for my breakfast. You know those sort of things. You know because they have already conditioned for these processes. But along the way, uh, they forced to you know stay at home and you know work. Then they become very uh, norm to it. And then when you ask them to go back again, they cannot. So is is, is adaptation a, a very key to the humans, uh, John?
1: I think definitely because um. Some people are a lot more adept at, you know, changing and shifting their their kind of mindset and behaviors based on the situation. And definitely there are other people who are more um, frequently, who prefer comfort over change. So I think when we work with people, we talk to them, we kind of share that change is really inevitable and that the best way is to kind of really roll with the flow and just take it as it comes. and to find a way to help them be able to identify certain trigger points that potentially may influence their experience with the, the new situations or, you know, to kind of identify different aspects that they can work on even ahead of time so that they are able to adapt more quickly whenever a new situation arises. Yeah.
0: Thank you, John. Shamin, uh, you got any take on this?
2: I mean, I absolutely agree with that. I think it, it also it depends on is people dependent and, and it's based off of like their experience growing up and um, and something about emotions that you've mentioned just now, like I've always had this perspective that emotions are just really your personal compass of what's right and wrong for you. So, you know, if you're if you feel negative towards something, it can be anger, it can be upset, it can be frustration and and all of that, right? It doesn't mean that there is no right or wrong to emotions but um i mean the actions might be right or wrong morally right or wrong right so i'm not saying that oh just because you feel a certain way so you should behave a certain way even when it harms someone else but i'm just saying that like hey if you feel a certain way like a a negative way that could mean that that situation is not right so then you know how do you evaluate that situation um and discern like okay what's the thing that really frustrates me or is making me upset right now it's i think would would be quite helpful to people.
0: And I am um, also uh, know that the TWIS with the aim to promote uh, and empower people to take more holistic and preventive approach to care for their personal and wellnesses. Uh, when we talked about these 10 dimensions, uh, which I'm looking at it right now, the wellness framework, the physical, spiritual, social, creative, intellectual, and envi- environmental, occupational, digital, and financial wellness, um, I think pretty much it's all covered there. Uh, when when I look at it, it's very holistic approach. Uh, but you know, you want to talk a little bit more about the causes that you mentioned earlier. Uh, where can people look them up
2: for, or if they want to, you know, sign them,
0: where where they can look them up for these informations?
2: I'm um, sure. Uh, so we actually have social, uh, quite a few social media platforms. We have Telegram, Instagram, okay. Facebook, LinkedIn, yeah. um, as well as a website. So every month we choose a different theme to talk about. So this month is on financial wellness. So we really talk about a lot about you know how do you save, what are important things to look at when you are investing in you know like crypto. So we don't provide any advice, um, you right. know, to like which platforms to use. But really, it's like what do you look out for when you are investing in some of these things, and um, what right. should you research when you go to this. So, very like, just information out there to help you, you know, navigate like new information or new things or trends. And then key points that you can either try for yourself and incorporate into your daily life or um, just watch out for.
0: Right. Thank you, Charmin. Um John, I mean, along the line that we, we spoke about, all right, you know, setting goals, it's okay, you know, to break them into smaller goals. But what will your... You know, your humble advice to people, you know, every year for the past 10 years is the same goal. It's been repeated. Uh, Probably their memo just got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, but nothing (laughs) has been achieved. Um, And then, uh, somehow or other, they're just clueless, right? Uh, It's not that they are lost, but clueless. And then they're just...
1: What will your advice be? Yeah, I think in these cases, right, where people have goals that they can't seem to reach, I think it's important to understand what are exactly what are the barriers that are blocking them so for me um whenever i I try and make a goal that I haven't been able to reach, I will always kind of evaluate it later on to understand you know what exactly were my barriers were they within my control. I think it's important to know whether some of these barriers are within your control versus you know outside of your control so if outside of your control you maybe have to adjust your goals a bit more. But if it's within your control, then you can take active steps towards addressing some of these issues. So, for example, if someone every year they say, oh, I'm going to lose 10 kg by the end of this year. And then, you know, they every year they've been failing it. So I would ask, you know, what are some of your barriers? Is it perhaps, you know, there's a lot of food around your house? Is it perhaps you're eating when you're bored? <laughs> is it perhaps, um, do you have some kind of issue with, you know, your body image or is it, you know, are the people around you not very supportive when you engage in your dieting efforts as well? So there are, there are many potential causes and understanding each of these barriers along the way, being very self-aware, being very introspective can definitely help break some of these seemingly unrealistic goals that don't seem to work every year. And... Um, I think importantly is to really update your goals as you go through them, not to leave them for a yearly affair where you you know every year you come out with new goals and I think when we talk about wellness planning, we always tell people to aim for you know every three months review your wellness plan, see what needs to be updated, what needs to be kept fresh, and then you know move forward from there
0: right so uh so this is a it's a billion billion dollar question uh why is it always first of January? becomes a new year resolution is it because it's a brand new year and then <laughs> again start back again everywhere right so is it something that you know the mind has already set up you know what it's a brand new start i'm going to do this i'm going to do that you know there are like 20 30 you know list things down there but then someone not able to finish it up. why I are that is uh, because i spoke to someone recently and um i just said hey what is your new year resolution he said not to make one I said like, wow, you're not going to make any resolution. That's good. He said, well, if I need to change something, I change it on the spot. If I want to do something, if I want to take up a course, if I want to change my career, if I want to start exercising, I do it now. When was the best time? Now. When is the greatest time? Now. So there are some people with this kind of mindset. It's like, I'm going to do it. That's it. Not until next month, next week. These are all excuses. But there's some who says no. No. I'm going to start only on 3rd of January because it's a new year. I'm going to be a new me. So what is the differentiates we are looking Because we're looking at both extremes here, John. So what is the mind is giving or the person is making a choice? Who is making the choice? Hmm.
1: So I think when we have such a socially constructed idea as a new year, right? Um, it's really that... The new year is kind of symbolic to mean, you know, it's a it's a marker or a reminder that, you know, you have a blank slate now. You have 365 days to fill with whatever you want to do and you no longer have to care about, you know, the past year. Even though when we look at it from a practical standpoint, it actually doesn't really matter because days don't actually, there's really no significant, tangible change that you can tell. So, it's mostly symbolic and when it comes to the mindset, some people are very action-driven. Um, they kind of rely on solutions and they look for these solutions very proactively. So these are the individuals that actually are able to hit their goals because they are the ones who the minute they find something wrong, they go and look for the solutions, they identify what needs to change and then they go ahead and change it. While those people, you know, when they try and make New Year's resolutions, they are the ones who, you know, either their resolutions are not that firmly held, so it's not something that they want to immediately change, or something that maybe they become comfortable with. So they use the new year as a way to kind of gain a greater sense of control over their life once more, and are able to kind of, you know, once again, by having this aspiration, this goal to aim towards, they are able to move towards this goal, hopefully, even if it's just a little way forward. So whenever you, at the end of the year, you do your year-end review, you can say that, you know, how close do you actually reach to your year's resolution? <clears throat> yeah, yeah no, and I think so, no, um, no, no, as the, yeah. yeah. On, dude, no, no, can't, I, just, I just saw the, the comment come up and okay. intentions, exactly. That's really the best way to look at it. When you have new year intentions, these are things that you can subsequently work from and work on to be able to move towards goals that you can create from these intentions.
0: Thank you, uh, Devi for that uh, particular statement. But, John, what I was about to ask you is, um, so we know that you know there are some go getters, right? I just decide I want to go and get it now, all right? Uh, if I want to start losing weight, I do it now, right? It's not going to happen in six months' time. Um, that kind of attitude, all right? And then another attitude is saying, No, you know what, I'm going to start only on January 1st, and the midnight strikes the first of Jan, I'm going to start. Of course, we're not judging, but based on these two extremes that we are looking at, extremity, of course, you know, we all know that go and get it is the best choice. But in your um, so-called, in your view, is this both okay? One is going to procrastinate, one is getting it done. Um, uh, What is your take on this?
1: Yeah, I think definitely um, both are okay. Both are absolutely natural and normal. Um, so I say this because um the idea is really that even when you look at you know psychotherapy or counseling, people have the misconception that you know the minute you go for these, your problems will be cured. And the reality is that until you are ready to make the change, until you personally want to make a change, or you know, you're able to kind of work through the barriers that are preventing you from reaching that stage where you want to make a change or you are able to make a change, there's always going to be this kind of baggage that you can't shake off. So I would say that you know people who genuinely or who want to make a, a long-term commitment to a goal or to a New Year's resolution um, and procrastinate, it, those are fine as well. It's probably because they haven't reached a stage where they are ready for that kind of change and they need to navigate these challenges as well before they are able to reach that space where they can get into the mindset of you know those other goal setters and who want to chase particular goals as well.
0: Thank you, John. Thank you for that. I mean, uh, you're giving credits to the both because one will start a bit slower because of certain circumstances. Another one is like, you know, the attitude, you know, just go and get it. Um, Coming from the fitness industry myself, uh, we believe no procrastination because, um, you know, in fitness or whether you have a, a particular health goal or fitness goal, it adds to start now. Um, if we prolong it for, say, next week or next month or next year, I mean, if it's a doctor's advice, say that, you know what, you can't exercise until a certain period of time, then, of course, you've got to follow the professional advice. But if someone is generally healthy, you know, done their medical screening, they should start exercising, not just jumping into the horse and, you know, be a, a race jockey. But what I'm saying is that it has to start now in order to see the results in the upcoming months and years, right? You can't put out an apple seed and say, I want an apple tomorrow. It's not possible. So it works for certain people, you know, to go and get it done. But some, like what you mentioned, right, they have some time, there's certain conditions and there's certain, certain, you know, initiative they want to put in to get the results. So both are fine. So, Shamin, your take on this, the both sides that we talked about,
2: I believe that if no one if the person himself or herself do not want to make a change in their life like no matter what they like no one can make them change. So one example one example is that um I think in, if if you use like the mental health side of things, right like psychotherapy like John mentioned um people have been to many many that there are a lot of people who go to many many sessions of psychotherapy right so they start psychotherapy but at the end of a year there is no progress from when they before they started psychotherapy yeah. it's the same like if no one you know they, they might be able to be present for the session itself I think it's a slightly different for fitness because if yeah. you do skip like for 30 minutes every day you will bound to get like if you actually skip right for 30 minutes every day you're bound to get like slightly stronger and slightly healthier so there is slight difference but um, but there is the whole like oh you have to do it for half an hour at least to see any any um difference in your life so the reason why i say that is because like i know that although i started skipping on the 1st of january um i've already like started practic- can i coordination issue i've already started practicing like jumping on the spot with like tapping of my hands um to get going and make sure like i have a, a beat going for me so that when i pick up the skipping rope and you know and try to actually jump like i know that i won't fail so badly that i don't want to start again and so like i for for me like take the, the small first step you know, to make things easier for yourself to start something very, very new and very different and out of the comfort zone would be um, something that I think people can try, you know, especially when they fear like the unknown and fear the different like style of life. Or,
0: yeah. Right. So we're definitely going to come and check back uh, on June on Charmaine. Uh How's the progress? If I can't get you, then I probably will get John and say, hey, John, Shaman is doing on a skipping, man. All right. Let's do a skipping test and see who can skip well uh interesting topic you know we, we talked about for the past 54 minutes all right uh we're going to give A Q&A section for the next 10 minutes if viewers have any questions you can definitely can ask us or engage us and we are more than happy to answer that but during these 10 minutes of uh, while waiting for these questions to come in i know some of y'all have already written it. thank you so much i will be going to ask them in a while but, John, looking at right now, um, at the current moment, you know, pandemic is gone. You know, we are all so-called seasoned. You know, even if they put us back at home, we know what to do. Hey, let's meet up for Zoom, wine or coffee. You know, we can do all those stuff. We are now very uh, comfortable. You know, being uncomfortable, we are very now comfortable. Uh, if ever, Tachu. Touch you, touch you. Oh, if ever it, something happens again and we got to stay mm-hmm. back at home and all those stuff may, may not be 10 years, 30, 60 who never knows uh, do you think we can able to go back again or do you think that we need some time again no, I don't want to work from home you know, those kind of stuff come in and then after a period of time they go, yes, I want to stay at home you know, it, you know, we, we keep constantly we're changing I, prob- mm. I think probably that's what we humans are you know? we can't be just in one place constantly we are changing so your take John
1: well I think that that's a that's a really challenging question to kind of predict <laughs> the future right. Yeah. Um so I think it really depends on how we move from here on out. So I think if we have adapted and adopted some of the existing practices you know especially with hybrid work and also the ability to kind of be more flexible with the working approach and also adjusting some of the the metrics we use for key performance indicators in our workplaces and all that. And if we maintain this trajectory of, you know, focusing more on other aspects of our life beyond just work and a more holistic focus, I would think, then when we eventually have to, you know, touch wood, if we really have to go back to a pandemic situation, I think people will be able to kind of draw from the lessons they've been through before. And I think even if as as bad as this pandemic was, if it wasn't for SARS all those years ago, we may have been in a worse off place. We may not have some of the basic protocols that were needed to even be able to get through this pandemic in such a relatively unfazed or unharmed state. And, you know, even for the for the frontline workers, it was really bad for them. But then, you know, because of all the protocols from before, they were able to still really mobilize very quickly. And I think that was that's what we humans do best. We adapt very quickly. We are able to kind of um change and change and shift and evolve very quickly as well with the times and with technology improving even faster, you know, perhaps we will be able to take some of these lessons and become even better the next time this ever happens. And hopefully it doesn't, but you know, chances are with the way that we have been so far, um, (laughs) probably sooner or later, this may happen again.
0: Thank you, John. I'm going to take one question right now. Um, Chris, thank you, Chris. Thank you, John. Does breathing exercises help anxiety?
1: Yeah. So thanks for that question, Chris. And I think um, it really depends where your anxiety stems from. Um, Definitely for myself, I have used breathing exercises when I'm feeling particularly anxious. Um, There are different types of breathing exercises out there as well. So you really have to find one that works for you. Um, Some do the... I think that's a 4 seven, 8 process whereby you, you breathe in for four seconds, you hold your breath for seven seconds, and then you breathe out for eight seconds. Um, and there are different variations of all these breathing exercises that people use. Um, so there are definitely apps on YouTube that you can try, you know, uh, like not apps on YouTube, sorry, videos on YouTube that actually they give you a timer. Then you just breathe and uh, follow their instructions. And over time, it's supposed to help you. But... I would say with anxiety issues, sometimes it depends on what kind of anxiety issues you're experiencing. And it's best, you know, if it's very frequent and it's constantly affecting you, it's best to get in touch with a professional so that they can help unpack the roots of your anxiety. Because sometimes if it's, if there are certain trigger situations or there are certain things that trigger your anxiety, then um, the breathing only supports and makes your symptoms less severe. But it doesn't help you reduce the anxiety or it doesn't help you manage some of the challenges that come with this particular trigger during your anxiety periods as well.
0: Thank you, John. Um Shamin, I mean uh, we are coming to the end of coffee events. Vance. Uh, you, you was having coffee, right? Are you having coffee? No I mean I'm done with it. But yes. Oh you're <laughs> done with <laughs> it. No, jo, yeah John was having <laughs> water. Yeah John. So yeah John we're gonna have coffee yeah okay uh Shamin uh we are coming to the end of the coffee events. Um Do you want to tell our viewers anything in particular? I mean, it can be either be pandemic or the topic that we talked about in the New Year Resolution 2023. or Is there something that you want to share with all the viewers today?
2: I think the main thing when it comes to wellness is that, you know, like we, we share a lot of like different tips and tricks here throughout this hour right um but there is no wellness is not like a quick fix there is no product that you can buy or or a thing you can pick up and magically your life would change it it really requires a lot of consistent and constant effort a lot like exercise right like um then yourself you do a lot of fitness related things and, and it's the same concept it's it's a lot of endurance a lot of time a lot of commitment and and just constant practice so and reflection so I think when it comes to mental wellness, there's also the element of reflection on what works and do not work for you. So, um, if there is anything to take away from this, is if there is something that's troubling you right now, then you know have sit down and really think about what about that situation is upsetting you or frustrating you, or actually you know what also look, think about the happy things like what makes you happy like in the past week that you want to replicate again next week and keep on doing those things that make you feel fulfilled.
0: Thank you so much, Shamin. That was a wonderful uh, advice that you've given to all our viewers while listening. To this. Thank you so much, John. Your turn, John. I mean, um, we, we I know we 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 were we were talking about this uh, podcast for quite some time. Uh, given the time that you know the availability of slots, I mean, you know, both of us are equally engaged in our own projects. Uh, thank you so much for joining me, um, for taking your time um, on this precious evening for the both of you, all, Shamin, and yourself, John. But before we we, we end the show, uh, the podcast, um, something that you want to um, give it to the viewers from I think yeah. Yeah,
1: I think definitely uh, much like what Shemaine said, really the hope is that people will, will not just let go of wellness the minute the pandemic kind of blows over. And really, this is part of our life and mental health is as equal as physical health. And, you know, really, it's something that you don't realize will impact your life until much down or later down the line. So if you are having a mental health challenge and if you are not looking after your mental health very proactively, I highly encourage you to either seek help or to do it you know, more proactively as well. Really, mental health issues don't come overnight most of the time. Unless, you know, it's like one of the traumatic stuff and it takes time to develop sometimes. And before you know it, you're struggling to get out of these uh, challenges. So really be more proactive, take care of it. And ultimately, we need to start treating mental health as seriously as our physical health.
0: Thank you so much, John. That was a wonderful statement that you have mentioned. And thank you to TWIS as well, Shamin and John Gier, for the past one hour. With me, Kobe Advanced, thank you so much, John. Uh, John and Shamin, I mean, do you want to give our viewers how they can uh, look up for if a particular viewer will have a question or they want to, you know, attend your course or whatever, where they can look for these informations from TWIS?
2: Shamin? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I a- yeah. mean, yeah 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 facebook works too um i mean both of us john and i are on linkedin so we are quite active there if you drop us a message there we're happy to share a lot of links with you and i think right. um, we will share the links with events if you okay. can put it up somewhere but yeah we're sure. we on all social media platforms so you type total wellness initiative sg you'll probably find us there okay yeah. and then workshops wise we, we are always kind of promoting it on social media so you are definitely kept in the loop
0: thank you so much i mean thank you so much john uh, thank you so much for spending the one hour with me and uh, topping talking on this topic of uh, New Year resolution. I know there are more things that we can cover perhaps in the upcoming podcast. We definitely will have to come back again, especially on Shamin on June. We'll
2: check <laughs> yeah. her on
0: keeping. On you know, perhaps she may she may come back and say, you know what, Vance? On March, I'm already done. I'm an expert right now. It's like yeah. wow. So yeah, speedy recovery for your knees. Sorry.
2: <laughs> I can do well, crisscross good. skips now.
0: Wow. And and of course a speedy recovery for your knees, knees, right? You mentioned. I
2: know. Yeah, it was so sad because it's the same day. And I was just like, oh, I want to do more tomorrow. But then anyway. uh, so well, recuperate and then start back again. Yes, I will. Thank you, shamin. Thank, Thank you,
0: John. We <laughs> definitely you, keep in touch and uh, we're definitely gonna come back again another exciting podcast, uh with the TWIS with Shamin and John. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you John. <laughs> bye bye. Thank you, Shamin. All right, these are the folks from Total Wellness Initiative Singapore, TWIS. That's right. Uh, wonderful speakers. Uh, I've been coordinating with them for the past one year, I think so, uh, because of given um, uh, engagement in projects. So we will not be able to do come back. But it is in Spotify as well, um, where John, actually a mental health researcher, has mentioned a couple of stuff right, which we can take away. Um, especially on bigger goals, smaller goals, and how you, you, know, look at things, right? Whether you're a procrastinator or the go-getter, you know, that's all perfectly fine. But we have to be kind to ourselves. I mean, that's a problem with us as humans. We're never kind to us. We always want to get things done, you know, especially we Singaporeans. I mean, we are phenomenal people, right? We are phenomenal people. We always run and get things done and we queue and we put ourselves into so much of anxiety and stress. Until we get exhausted. I mean, that's a culture of we Singaporeans. But we got to take things back on a serious note, all right? Um, Turn inwards. Most of the time, we're always turning outwards. And that's a problem, right? We are always trying to make things happy. We're always trying to fix things and we want to do great. Uh, Maybe economical pressure, financial pressure, it'd be one of the factors because we're living in a fast world. But I think it's very, very important that sometimes we just have to take a chill pill, you know? Not a pill, but just chill. You know, you just have to stop and say, me time. That's it. Entire thing stays. You know, the whole world stops. You're just going to relax and chill. You know, we can always go to our beaches. East Coast, Changi. I mean, they're okay. You know, pretty good. You know, walk around the beach, you know, pick up a hobby, do things you like, you know, go and do pottery, go and, you know, walk in the park or swim. Do everything and anything that makes you happy. Because at the end of the day, Folks, you got to make yourself happy. If not, no one is going to come and make you happy. And like what John and Shamin has said, you know, the amount of pressure and the amount of anxiety, and the amount of depressions going on in the world, we don't have stats. But of course, there's always a stat. But, you know, it's just increasing because of our activities. And sometimes we forget to turn inwards. So always turn inwards first, and then you can start caring for all the loved ones around you. All right. again, um, thank you so much to the folks from Total Wellness Initiative, John and Shamin. We are at uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts, in LinkedIn, Facebook, and uh, Instagram, little, little, you know, but TikTok as well. So all social media platform, we are there. So please come and catch me and copy Events and uh, happy to share with you a lot of information as well. We are going to come back again next week. Uh, Wednesday 9 p.m. A very interesting topic again. Uh, we are having a, a neurosurgeon is going to come and give us a talk pertaining to the health segment. Today we talk about on the psychology part. Um, the month of January is, you know, I want to emphasize a lot on mental resi- resilience, right? It's very very important that we need to have gear up, get ready, you know, because we have a good chunk of months before 2024. All right. I've said enough, and I'm going to catch you again next week, 9 p.m. at Copy Events. For right now, adios, amigos.